podcast a podcast about trying and what was just okay about your week the most just okay thing about this last week has been the down cycle of mood i've kind of lost my motivation my muse my drive it just kind of went away and i'm trying not to make it a thing like life is cyclical and it happens oh it is but i'm at the same time i always want to be up and I don't like the down cycle, so I'm trying to, like, force it back in. And it, to be fair, I'm, I kind of forced it today, and it kind of worked. Coffee's, um, not, coffee's not doing it for you, huh? That's what um, I've been thinking about not drinking coffee for a week. You need to go off, I think. You think so? I do. Just because I know how much you love it. And it's going to be so great yeah, I gotta pick. you can go off. I can't do it this weekend. No. Because you won't be here. Correct. And that will be problematic for me. I can't... <laughs> so, the reason I think I need to go off coffee, and this has nothing to do with my week, but is because I can't wake up anymore. So, to be to be fair, some coffee background about us is that we did drink coffee, did not drink coffee until two years ago, three years ago. Two and a half, three. Something like that. And... You, for the longest time, only drank coffee every other day. And do you know why? For this specific reason. But do you know the further reason why? No. Jose told me that I couldn't go a year drinking every other day. You've never told me this before. I know. I told him. He actually, it came up the other day we were talking. But you definitely did that. I did. And it was shortly after a year when I started drinking every day. (laughs) So I Such an asshole move. Like, oh Uh, yeah? Oh yeah? yeah? You don't think I can do this? I'm going to go a year every other day. And sometimes it was like only like three times a week. Yeah. Um, I skipped multiple days, but now it's every day. And so now I do need to re... I need to uh, have some healing in the return. That's right. But to be fair... And this is the other thing is I drink it every day and I like drinking it every day. I don't, neither of us drink very much. I drink we one are, cup. We drink one. So I will say, uh, yours maybe is more of a cup. I should define a cup. No, it's a cup. Well, I mean, so, okay, a little more than like a ser- like a daily serving so of a, a cup. So a daily serving of coffee is actually six ounces, which is less than an actual cup. Well, that's fine. So, but still, I drink one cup of coffee. Yes, it you is, have one Yeti full. It is not a giant cup. No, it's 10 ounces, I think. So one okay. and a half. Right. Technically Ish, one and a half, whatever. but it's like one cup of coffee. Yes, agreed. But it's usually concentrate and I don't dilute it per oh, the directions. And okay. so I think it is a little stronger than what a normal cup of coffee would be. Gotcha. And more delicious than what a normal cup of coffee coffee would be. I don't know. My coffee is pretty delicious, and I dilute that's what I'm it, saying. But I dilute it. Mine's oh. delicious, and I dilute it correctly. And I also do not have a chemical dependency on coffee. Is that even a thing? What do you mean? Is well, there a chemical who, dependency? Well, people, I, maybe I shouldn't say chemical, but like people get headaches. Like if they're addicted to coffee, then they get a headache if they don't drink but, it. That does not happen to me. Do I we do know not have any, any side statistics on that? Because I call bullshit I because of sugar. So when people go without coffee, it also means they go without sugar usually because most people drink their coffee with sugar. Agreed. But there are a lot of people I know who drink it black who have severe withdrawals. Really? Yes. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Noting down for homework. There you go. Oh, that's excellent. 
But I am not going off coffee, and I drink it every single day. It is part of my morning routine, my morning ritual. In fact, it is the only thing that is the same every single day. It is your morning it ritual? It is. It is. There have been times, and now that school has started again, I will get back into a better routine of having like an actual like set ritual and set schedule for the way that my morning goes. But over the summer and in other chaotic times, that is it. Pouring my coffee and at least taking like five breaths while I drink my first few sips is the only like consistent thing. But that's good. No, I love it. It's great. And so it, I just, I enjoy it and I enjoy the taste and I enjoy trying different kinds of coffee. We are totally coffee snobs and I like that. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But we do metabolize caffeine in a different way. I metabolize it sure. in sort of a like um, the same way normal people would metabolize <laughs> marijuana. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. But like it gets me high and I have ideas. Yeah. And I get real creative. And that, that does. That used to happen to me. So I remember in the very beginning before we had any You had to up the dosage. Well, we didn't have any way to make it ourselves. And so. We didn't I, have any way to make it ourselves. Why are you laughing about that? We didn't. I, we just didn't know how, because all you do well, is dump some grounds in water. No, no, and, like, no. It's but I'm done. talking before the cold brew days when we very first started drinking coffee. I didn't right. have a French press. I didn't have a Chemex. I didn't have a Keurig. I didn't have any way to make myself coffee. So, I was when I first started drinking it and was not drinking it every single day. I would go to Starbucks. There was one right by our house, and I would go to Starbucks like maybe two to three times a week, Ugh. and. At that point, I was getting, I was putting sugar into it. I can't believe we didn't get divorced. Oh, well, you didn't know. Oh, yeah, it was behind my back. No, you didn't know better. Like, you oh, didn't. I always you, knew, I always knew that it was better to drink coffee black. No, oh, that, you mean that. I thought you were talking about the Starbucks thing. Because that's oh, grounds for divorce. Oh, I think I knew pretty quickly, too, that that was not okay. <laughs> oh, I always have to cough once we start recording. We need a anyway, cough button. I know. Anyway, so. I was getting sugar because I was I couldn't drink it black yet, and I like started with peppermint syrup and half and half and blah blah blah, just all the shit that you put in the coffee, and then eventually I weaned down to when we did a whole thirty in January, and so I drink it black, and now I drink it black. But anyway, the point is, is that I used to also feel those same like high effects from coffee, and I couldn't believe how like instantly productive and happy and like great everything was. I know we need to we need to detox to retox. So that I we like, can get back to the... It's been a while since we detoxed or retox. Not for... Yeah, from coffee? Well, or from anything else. Well, whatever. <laughs> we did two Whole30s this year. We've that, detoxed that's true. sufficiently from all other that's things. That's true. Because that's the... Like, that didn't... That's the only... Other than me having to go from drinking it with cream, which was the only thing I was putting in, in it at the point that we did Whole30. I wasn't putting any sugar in it. I was only putting cream in it. Um, yeah, anyway... Yeah, that's true. But I, I went and got breakfast on Saturday. <laughs> this was not just okay. I haven't even gotten to my just okay. okay. This was not it. But I went and got breakfast with my friends Shelly and Mary, who should be starting a podcast. So Shelly, this is your public shaming for they not having... They have some st- stories to tell. They've got some stories. So get that podcast going. Anyway, uh, we went to a, 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 what is it called? Bakery type place that is all gluten-free. It was awesome. Anyway, we ordered coffee. And I was asked first if I wanted room for cream, to which I said, 
no. <laughs> and then Mary and Shelly both said yes. And I gave them dirty looks and was like sighing audibly. No coffee shame. Shelly said to me, you are acting like I'm putting ketchup on steak. <laughs> I mean, and that made me laugh a lot. Because it's not. true. I do shame people and I shouldn't because I, I, I get it. But everyone should be striving towards Yes, everyone should be life. going towards You should not coffee. be accepting and, and okay with yeah, you should just like have this little like tickling in the back of your mind like, I'm doing cream today, but I'll do a little less a tomorrow. A little less. Because that's all you got to do. You just have to wean yourself Because off. I can be better. Because drinking coffee Ooh. with cream in it is just okay. It is just okay. You got to level up. Ooh, though. this is an area of our lives that we've leveled up. Way to go. We, there's levels to this. I mean, according to us. Right. Um, so what was just okay about this week? So piggybacking a little bit from last week's topic my just okay thing is, is my fitness in general. I have been regularly exercising because that's what you would call what I've been doing. Right. I have been regularly exercising. I did not, we'll just jump right into homework. I did not go to CrossFit on Saturday because we went and got breakfast instead. One demerit. <laughs> um, it was more appropriate for the, for the day. So I just, I'm just, it's just okay. Like I am exercising regularly and that's good. But I need a little bit more direction, which I always know. I just am not at the point yet where I can truly take on all the structure. Play it by ear. Melissa Hartwig oh. is my absolute idol as far well, a few things, but the way that she exercises and the way that she trains, I am so envious of. She just has a tons and tons of years. It's a natural flow. Of an of she knows what her body wants to do, she knows what her body needs, she has a base of strength that is far far exceeds mine and I only bring that up because she she can not squat with the barbell for a while and then go in and squat and she knows what would be an appropriate load for herself to not be able to not walk the next day. She's not going to Yeah, train but don't you think she take don't you think she takes her warm-ups and gauges what she should do for I that think day? I think you're right. I think she There's does. There's a but, lot that we don't but see. But that is all that all plays into it. That's my right. point. Is no. that she knows how to do that right. because she's been doing it for so long. And I am envious of that. And there's she other people. She also uses biofeedback. She does. And there's other people, speaking of biofeedback, Jen Sinclair does the same thing. She's able to get, she is able to have a sense of what her body wants to do and the appropriate load as to be able to walk the next day. Because that's, that's the gauge, right? Is like, if you worked out, I'm not trying to work out to be sore the next day. I'm over, like, that's not, that's right. not a, that's not a, uh, an example of how, or a, I cannot think of the right word. But it doesn't prove to me that I got a good workout. Right. Whether or not I'm dead and can't walk the next day. So, or can't lift my arms. But there are gonna, there's going to be some soreness if you're doing different Sure, movements. and that's fine. I'm There's a there's a level of soreness which just feels good because you feel like you worked. Right, but also I believe Melissa's in the gym every day. Yeah. And she she's doing that. some sort of leg Something. work. Yeah. And so squats would not right. be a problem for her right. on any given day because right. she's doing pistols and whatever else. Right. So anyway, so my, my fitness right now is just okay. We're, we're going to, I don't know. We're it's gonna, okay. You're, you're doing it. Yeah. No, I'm doing it. That's, that is an encouraging thing to me. The definition that, of just okay is trying. Right. And yesterday it was, I usually am every other day and yesterday I was supposed to work out and I just was exhausted and it was the, it's the first time in a while that like, it was the true, I need to take a rest. Like, even though I didn't do anything on Monday I also need to not do anything on Tuesday like I I could feel that and it so today when I went out to the gym it felt good I was I bailed late and inappropriately but 
it was yesterday was a bad day. So yeah. what so I did not do my homework for last week. What was your homework for last? My week? homework was I don't think I wrote it down. Um, one was to go to jujitsu again. And I went tonight. Did. Way to go! And it was super fun. Aside from the possible panic attack I had before <laughs> going, we can talk about my increasing anxiety as I age later on. Um, we were talking beforehand about how fragile how fragile I am in general, <laughs> and it's getting to be a little bit ridiculous. So. Maybe that's something I need to look at trying to improve. Well, I'm glad I let you sit in that chair and made you face the fear of sitting in a different chair. Because this chair is super uncomfortable. Well, it is super <laughs> uncomfortable. But this is the chair where I started. Oh, it is. We've so switched. So maybe twice. things are back back a lot. <sighs> so that was one homework. So I went tonight. Um, and luckily there's another guy about my size. Maybe a little bigger. Mm. And we got to kind of... Taller? Wider? Uh, wider. Heavier? Wider, like, heavier. bigger. Yeah, wider, heavier. Um, Probably, he's maybe a little bit taller, not too much taller. But, I mean, big enough that I couldn't get up when he laid on top of me, and he couldn't get up when I laid on top of him. Um, Luckily, the instructor came over a few times to kind of help us out, because we're both white belts. He's only been doing it for a couple months. That's awesome. um, It was was very fun, and it is just grueling exercise. That's awesome. Um, But I went. And the other thing I had was to reread back through some of my old oh, writings, yes. which may or may not have caused the bad mood cycle that I have. For you? Yes. Well, I don't know what mine would be blamed on then, but okay. well, we I just mean, feed off each other. Right. It could be just blamed on me too. But I went back and read some stuff and like, I, I'm writing about a lot of the same things. This is, I think I started. Clarify. You are seven writing. Seven to eight years ago. You are writing now about a lot of the same things that you wrote about seven to eight years ago? Yes. Okay. It's always the same. Now, I so, but back then, I was like writing down my projected schedule for the day by half hour. I don't know why I would do that. You did that? Like. Multiple times. If you go back to, so this, this is like 2010, 11. Oh, you want to know something funny? Yeah. You've done that as recently as the last year. Oh, I know. This is my this, this is my bit. I'm so like, you're like you're okay. like appalled that you used to do that, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> right. I can literally I picture the piece of paper that was sitting on our counter for a solid six months of where you had a schedule like that by the. Half I haven't hour. gotten to reread 2017 <laughs> yet. I'm sure it's going to look exactly the same, but the I think point it was 2018. is 2018. <laughs> well, okay, so 2018. I haven't gotten to read there yet, but the good news is. The good news is I think that I'm giving myself a little more space to do things, but not necessarily by the half hour. I I, I, I vacillate between so this like structure to like the extreme to like completely let it go. And I've got to kind of bring those things together. Yeah. Um, I didn't read a lot. I only read a few entries because after that first entry, it wasn't, it wasn't so much difficult. Like it was fine. Like I was searching for my purpose, looking for meaning in life. Oh, what a great segue (laughs) to today's topic. Um, And which is fine. And I I, like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with rereading that. Like that's what life is, right? Looking for the thing. But um, the, the scheduling by half hour was, was somewhat painful. And then like I structured like 
where I was, what How? media I was no. listening and partaking of, I'm what sorry. music I was listening to. This is to. the real question. Yes. How is it that you just started going to therapy within the last six months? Because How has this not been something that it's we... It's hidden. <laughs> it's hidden. No one knew this. No one saw my like weird psychopathic scribbles of like a half hour schedule that I couldn't keep up with and then like had a spiral down in oh, like... Oh, jeez. No. I mean, yes. So <laughs> it's funny you say that because... Just yesterday, I was like, eh, maybe I don't need to go to therapy oh, anymore. <laughs> no, you just need to shift topics. That's what that tells you. Yeah, I really do. Whenever need... whenever so, I think that, whenever I'm like, I don't need to go anymore, it's because, yeah, what we were talking about is maybe we've, we've maybe reached a point where we can take a break from pause, it right. or whatever. But like right now, I haven't been in a month and I'm not going to go for another two weeks. I don't have an appointment for another two weeks. But I have like a long list of things that I just have to walk in and be like, don't say anything, just the list, go. One, two, three, <laughs> four. I got to go through all these things before you say anything. I know. We and then get, you pick. We can't get sidetracked onto the old stuff because I'll talk, I'll sit there and talk about the old stuff for an hour. Right. But then so I'll that's... leave and be like, that didn't, that wasn't what I needed to be here talking about today. So luckily I've already pivoted with my therapist away from the things that we were talking about to new things. Yeah. And so tomorrow I think I can continue on that path and I don't really know how to address this. Like, so my question to our many listeners is do you write on a regular basis and have you over years to to some extent that's a mormon thing right writing in journal um and the things i was reading previously i it was it's a google doc called journal so um my question is do you or have you written in the past and have you gone back to read to read it and what does that do to you Um, I know that you don't read no, anything I, that I, you've written. I refuse. It's a rule. And that's, I mean, obviously that just may is have not, been... Yeah, it's just not good for me. I, I'm not I'm not embarrassed or like angry about it necessarily. I'm just wondering, like it just sends this existential spiral of eight years ago, I was asking this question. Right. Well, I'm still asking this question. I asked you that question today. Like, are right. we, is this, are we just going to keep doing this like it's this never ending cycle and it's a merry-go-round and you said what does jumping off the merry-go-round look like and I said it isn't there is no off if I jump from one merry-go-round I just jump onto a different one this is still like I I am under no delusions but that may, this but what the am new I one how's the new one like is the new one better though the new one might be better for but, a time. But so this is leads us directly into what we're planning on talking about today. So this is going to be, I would I would venture part one of the Finding My Thing series of conversations. Right. And the background on finding my thing or your thing, our thing, whatever it is, one's one's thing. For me, dates back... Do you want to talk about what thing is? Like, just your purpose, your meaning? Is that what you're saying? Yes, but... uh, Yeah. So, more than a decade ago, I remember starting to have these kinds of thoughts and questions about purpose. And when I say thing, it's mostly because I was surrounded by... Or I I felt as though I was surrounded by... I know enough now to know that all of these women and these friends that I had were having the same exact thoughts and questions I was they just I it, nobody is nobody is vulnerable and honest and we weren't having these conversations and so nobody, nobody in that knew. group of people sure 
yeah, I'm sure there were people that somewhere that were doing this, there but we are. weren't. Right. So anyway, but I had friends who who had started their own photography businesses or who had started personal training or who had started like some sort of cupcakes and cakes were really big at that point. So they started some sort of cake decorating or baking or something like that. And I had, I to my to what I thought, I had nothing to my view. There was there was nothing. So before I had our first kid, I was working at Great Harvest part time. I literally didn't work until three o'clock in the afternoon. I did nothing but read and watch TV all day until three, and then I would work from three until seven thirty, a whopping four and a half hours a day, and then. I did that for basically like less than a year. Like I got that job right before I found out I was pregnant. And so then I had Natalie and I have been a stay-at-home mom ever since. And to be fair to myself, there have always been jobs. I have always had things and ways to make money. Which but maybe has not been the thing. Great. But I never felt like I had my thing. And I have always wanted to have a thing. Now, I had a very funny conversation with my friend Carrie after I had my second child and she had her first two children her twins <laughs> things were going so well it was like maybe six weeks in and things were going so well for me with my two little kids and things were going very sleeplessly for her and I remember saying to her being the good Mormon that I was who thought I was gonna have six kids Oof. maybe this is my thing maybe having kids is my thing <laughs> maybe that's just which is hysterical and Carrie and her sister both who she told that story to like we it gets brought up periodically and we laugh because there just couldn't be a thing that's farther from being my thing than you were, being a mom you were high on hormones I was it's not your fault. <laughs> I absolutely was so anyway this is a constant and this is probably of all the conversations that Ben and I have had for 17 years this is the conversation we have most often At, is, right at least eight years ago, I was asking myself this like exact question, or more just like I need a focus, I need a purpose, I need something to concentrate on, I need, I need a somewhere to channel my energy. Right. So at least for that long, and I'm sure that if I read older sure. things, I and I think this is thing. common. I think lots of people have this thought. Right. I don't think that this is we're not the only people by any means, um. But and obviously we're not because Mark Manson is an author blogger undeclared stoic as you called him yesterday and he has written he's been prolific about this topic essentially he his the titles to his posts are always a little different and i think he maybe tries to disguise that he's not always just saying the same exact thing but he kind of is in one way or the other so we have read lots of his stuff he has a book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck which i have read twice yeah, and it's really it's 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 stoicism disguised as sort of pop self self help. Sure. And he, I mean, I'm not. That's not a criticism of him. I love him. I think he speaks to oh, me. Oh yeah, no. I think I, the way that he talks and his sort of casual tone is. I mean, he curses a lot, and so it's just very approachable. It is. And he gives sort of tough love, but at the same time says. Hey, this is what we're all doing. Right. Like this is this is the thing that we're trying to do. So, so years ago, I, I mean maybe two or three years ago, if not more, your sister Krista sent me uh, a link, 
and the title of the link was Screw Finding Your Passion. Yes. And it was by Mark Manson, and I, that was probably the first thing I'd ever read by him. And I have not read his stuff regularly, necessarily, but I, I only just recently put together that he was the author of that, and I had read his book twice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's the same guy. That makes sense. Anyway, he's written tons of articles, and the one that we have sort of zeroed in to talk specifically about today is, what was it called? Seven Questions? Seven Strange Questions That Help You Find Your Life Purpose. Right. So that's what's great about him, right, is that he writes seven strange questions that help you find your life purpose, and he also writes an article called Screw Finding Your Passion. But that's the whole point, is that he's saying, he, he, his general message really is always the same, but he hits it from every clickbaity, like, angle yeah, for I mean, the headline. Yeah, he's a blogger by so profession. So that he gets everybody to do it. Like, there was another one that I read yesterday that was like, forget, forget trying to be happy, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, he just, I don't know, it's, it, he speaks to both of us in a way that we really appreciate and like. So, I printed out the seven questions, because we both read the article this week, for not the first time, I don't think, but we read it again. And so I thought it was kind of interesting to think as far as passion, finding your thing, finding your purpose, and that we're all just okay. So let's let's figure out maybe a way to be better than just okay at something specific. <laughs> right, or at least for a time, or, yeah. try try harder at one thing right. than instead of... Well, and we get, we'll talk about it. But. Right. So I don't know that we'll get through all the questions, but I'll at least read all of them, and then we can kind of talk. I don't, well, I don't know that all... Well, let's just read one and start Right. That. I don't know that all seven are that important to talk about individually anyway. But the first one is, what's your favorite flavor of shit sandwich, and does it come with an olive? So would you like to give a brief explanation of what that means? Well, it just <laughs> means, what do you... Like, so this is the stoicism. Amor fati, right? Like, love of fate. You are going When are you getting to, that tattooed on you? Um, well, it depends on how much room I have on my right arm after I get all the tattoos I need on there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, don't derail me with tattoos. Sorry. I have so many thoughts I knew that was right going to go there. <laughs> um, but the, the idea being to love your fate, to love the things that happen to you. and love, is the way. Right. Well, let's not necessarily go there. But cause what I'm saying is, Life is work, or there will be work. You have to choose what kind of work you want to do. And that's the subtle art of not giving a fuck, right? Is that you decide what you, where you want to place your fucks. Yes. Like you say, okay, I'm going to, I have one dozen fucks. I'm going to give six here, three here, and three here. Yep. But that's what the shit sandwich is. You're going to have to eat it. It's going to suck. But. What's your favorite flavor of it though? Right. My, you want to know my favorite flavor or are you just saying in general? I'm saying in general, but I do actually want to know yours because I have one and it hurts me, but I will get there. My favorite flavor of shit sandwich is diarrhea. What? <laughs> just, that was a joke. That was not a funny one. <laughs> okay, volume. It's all about volume. <laughs> um, I, I mean, my favorite. Would you like, would you like me to? Yeah, if that? you okay. have a. Please. So this this pains me. It really does. But I have often when I've when I've been in my darker moments with motherhood and being a stay-at-home mother have thought about at least I get to stay in my pajamas. Like if today is going to be shitty, I can stay in my pajamas and I can lay in bed and I can watch True Blood all day cuz I'm on season 3 now, just so you know. 
just for the update. Just do an update. Well, you know, well, you know, HBO shows are only 12 episodes a season, so it's fine. Anyway, I, and, and as I read that, what's your favorite flavor of shit sandwich? I was like, I guess it's being a stay at home mom. Like, to be honest, it really, I know. Really? I know. This is horrible. It's horrible to admit. I am not happy with what this says, actually. But maybe you you haven't taken a big enough bite of the other shit sandwiches out there to know. Which I for one you sure like haven't. I haven't had to take a bite of any shit sandwich in a really long time. Because I've just been safe here in this shit sandwich. But that is the but that's the truth. Like I I have felt terrible about myself the last few days that I have done nothing and JC has watched his phone all day long and I have watched True Blood all day and there has like the minimal things that needed to get done. Everything has gotten done that needed to get done, but that's it. There's there's been nothing above and beyond that. And but there's no other thing that I could be doing on a daily basis that would provide that that would that I could just sit here and do nothing. But maybe that that's why that tastes so bad. Maybe. I don't know. Because if you were doing something. Oh, I mean, for sure. I would feel better about myself if I was doing something. But there are times that I'm more productive in the house. No, I know. I'm With this job. But anyway, that was, that was hard. It was sometime a couple days ago that I was like, oh. So you're comfortable with your current shit sandwich on your platter. (sighs) I mean, it's still shit. No, I, I mean no one's no one's debating that. Okay, it's just, I just which don't want, I don't, don't flavor want, you want. I just don't want anyone to misconstrue this as like, oh, so you like being a stay-at-home mom? No, no, I do not. It's terrible. But you just haven't tasted anything. Yet. But I haven't had a job other than coaching, cheerleading, and gymnastics, and strength in my own gym or across the street from my house. I haven't done anything other than those three things in. Uh, a decade. So do you think you would... Oh, that's not true. I worked at the tattoo shop for six months. That was a bit of a shit sandwich. It was. And that was a flavor I would would do again. So you like all Ah. shit sandwiches. (laughs) Maybe I need a better question. (laughs) Yeah, so I was going to ask you, like, if... So you're putting work into stay-at-home mom. That's the shit sandwich. It's my job. That's what sucks. Yep. And... But you're saying also that that's your favorite flavor. Is that only because you don't know the other flavors? Yeah, it's the only flavor I've got. You don't see anything you're like, you know I'm what? I'm not at Baskin Robbins. I'd rather eat this shit. Yeah, you're right. I'm picking it because it's all I have. Maybe? Okay. I don't know. We're trying to find, we're really trying to find a way out of this. Okay. Um, so I think I'm in a similar situation. I'm eating the corporate suburban cubicle shit sandwich. That's yeah. what I eat every day. Richie, if you need a drinking game for this one, just every time we say shit sandwich. Like. <laughs> um, that's what I'm eating every day. But I think I would prefer, and it is a shit sandwich, but looking at the blank page and trying to write something every day, which is anxiety causing and like somewhat defeating when you when I've done that, I think I'd prefer that. Yeah. If, if I could look at that blank page every day and that would be my shit sandwich. Oh, see, okay. You this is why you needed to go first because that does it reframe Well, I didn't that, even know what I No, 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 I know. It would sometimes that's why one of us has to just be speaking because it <laughs> helps the other one. But that reframes it for me. But that so it's interesting that this is the very first question 
and when you frame it like that, because my whole point and the whole reason that I ask this question over and over and over again is because I don't even know, like you at least have the option or at least you've said like the blank page is an option. Like, it, does that mean like yeah, it yeah, isn't yeah. an option? It's not like you're quitting your job and that's your option, but like I can the see the idea a... that that like you would choose that if you could, all things being equal, you would choose that over what you're doing. I don't even know what the other thing is. Well, and I only say I would choose that because probably because I don't know how bad it sure, is. Sure, that's fine. I have no clue. Right. And so, so I mean, some of this is the paralysis of choice, right? I have what I'm currently doing, and I don't like that, so let me look at this other thing. I think that right. would taste better. So, But I think, like, I genuinely think that, that I would prefer to eat that every day. I think you rather would prefer than to. Rather to do what I'm doing. I know you pretty well, and I think you would prefer that. Um, so, not knowing what the other ones taste like yeah. is somewhat of a problem. It is. Because you don't know Huge. how bad it tastes. It seems like it tastes better because it's on the other side. Right. And your current one but, tastes but so I, bad. But and I don't. But I do not get suckered into thinking that the grass is greener. That's why I don't have a full time job. Right. If I thought the grass was greener and all I was trying to do was get away from being a stay at home mom, there's plenty of bullshit nine to five full time jobs that I could go get. And get out of this, but the, I do not think that the grass is greener, part of being and just okay. Though part of being just okay, though, is at least trying the grass and seeing if it's better. I know that you. I don't. I don't actually think you would want me to do that, but that's a different conversation for a different day. So, question number two. Wait, I want to ask another question. Yes. What's the shittiest sandwich you've ever eaten? I mean, this one. But like anything specific. Oh yes. I was, because we're, we're talking about jobs, right? Like this well, is I'm not the talking about jobs. Like, I mean, whatever. Whatever you think is the uh, worst one. Well, the first thing that popped in my head was um, when I, after I graduated from high school, I stayed at home for a semester and went to Slick and had like a couple random jobs. And my Salt dad, Lake Community College. For those not in the know. My dad got me this job and it was oh. really, it was actually really nice. Like thinking back on it now, I'm like, oh, that was really nice that my dad got me this job because I actually had another job already, but he got me a job as a, a phone survey person, like a telemarketer for surveys. And here's the worst, shittiest part of that shit sandwich. I was really good at it. Like, I had the highest percentage of people who would stay on the phone and do these stupid surveys about their Genio turkeys. I seriously <laughs> did. I was so good at it, and I hated every second of that job. And so you stopped, oh, you stopped eating it. I did stop eating it, but not until I went to Utah State, I think. And then, you know, that was great, because then I went to Utah State, and I worked in a call center for a quick payday loan. Which, again, also really good at that job and felt horrible about myself. Well, I mean, you're a loan shark. That's a... It was a, like an amoral job. Yes. It was not good. Right. I desperately wanted to be someone that could do the call outs. Or no. Yeah. But like on the billing side, because no one ever answered the phone. And like mm -hmm. you didn't really have to do anything because no one wants to pay their bill. But instead, I was like the person that you fill out some random bullshit survey because you're trying to sign up for something else. And then we get a hold of your number and we call you. And I would just like rope these people in. Oh, it was terrible. So both of those. Telemarketing jobs. Well, you got out of them though. I did. Would you go back to them? I had to move to get out of both of them. 
Would I go back to them? Like, if you were, if you were to say, like, I'm a stay-at-home mom, that's my shit sandwich right now, would you go back to those and take those instead? No chance. Okay. That's progress, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I can, again, I can stay in my PJs and watch True Blood. I mean, that is a huge... There are some benefits. I, that is I a huge shit benefit. all over being a stay-at-home mom, but I, I will admit, there are some benefits. I know. Okay. I know there are. It pains me to say... All right, let's move on to question two. Uh, number two. What? Oh, wait. What was your shittiest? I don't know. I, I mean, the worst thing I've ever had to do? I don't know. Yeah. I kind of just get along. You like, do. It's fine. Like, yes, once, I mean, well, okay. <laughs> Working overnight at Target oh, for an extra dollar an hour. sold his soul for a dollar. That was probably the worst thing I ever did. And not... I didn't necessarily hate the work. It wasn't like it was mind numbing. Yeah. But it, it's more the consequences of like, I mean, that may have been where my mental issue started. You know what? It might have been. It might have been where they started. If if even if it wasn't where they started though, it was the first time that I got a chance to see them, which was an important step. Like I, I needed to see that. Yeah, but you should have run. <laughs> like, why did you like? Oh. Interesting. You're talking about giant insects and vampires. Um, I feel like that was a normal topic for me. I was 17, so pretty sure I wasn't going to run away from anything. Question number two. Again, (laughs) the the apologies. You're forgiven. What is true true about you today that would make your eight-year-old self cry? So as a side note to this one, Mark Manson, and we actually will put the link to this article in the show notes, or you can just look up Mark Manson. He has seven strange questions. Seven strange questions. And I'll come up. Um, he tells a story about how when he was eight, he like wrote stories all the time and drew comics and like this whole thing. And it was like his life. And what all I could think of when I read that was, is that true? Is that true? How much did you actually sit in your bedroom? Because, you know, eight-year-old children, they do it literally one and a half times and they, and they think it. they did it it's every day always that's, like, the, that's the good thing about being a kid though is you do it once and you're like this yeah, is my thing this is my I'm thing. on it I'm doing it I know but it's just really funny because I just that was immediately what I thought which was like he's painting this whole thing like this was his life when he was eight and I'm like he but, did it twice but, did, <laughs> but how many times did you do that Mark? hey anyway I what I did when I was eight all I did what I was what when I was eight was I did gymnastics a million hours a day and a million days a week and my, I had no interest in reading, which was difficult, I think, for my parents. But having had seven children, I'm sure I wasn't the first kid who didn't love to read. So they knew the different tips and tricks. And I really liked sports. And so they would encourage me to basically just read the sports section of the newspaper. And that's what I did. And my aunt would send me... I loved, I loved the University of Utah gymnastics team and we lived in Virginia. And so she would send me like all winter long when they would have articles about the Utah gymnastics team, she would send me the articles and I would read them. The 94 Olympics, so I was nine, um, the 94 Olympics and Lillehammer, like during the entire Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding scandal. I mean, I read every article in every newspaper and we got all the newspapers Right. I read them all religiously. So like, your eight-year-old self would be pumped that you're a gymnastics coach? That's true. Yeah. What would make your eight-year-old true. self cry? I don't know. Because I don't remember, like, I, for instance, like, so Mark Manson gives the example like of, like, young. 
Yeah, so, like, he gives the example of, like, he did all, like, he wrote and he drew all this stuff and that his eight-year-old self would be so sad that he, well, I guess, I can't remember how he framed it. I'm going to screw it all up because he is a writer now, but, like. Right, but like, he was saying, like, in his early, late Yeah, like, before he 20s. sort of figured out, like, what it was that he wanted to do, he was running away from this thing that even at eight he knew he really wanted to do. And I don't really, I didn't, I, when, when our kids get asked like, in different school situations or whatever, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I honestly cannot remember ever being asked that question. And if I had been asked that question, I don't know what I would have said. I think, and and I'm probably speaking a little bit older than eight, but I know that, like, in third, fourth, and fifth grade, I was going to be a professional basketball player. Yeah, you were. Like, I, I drew <laughs> pictures of Michael Jordan dunking, like, it wasn't the pictures that was my thing. It was basketball that was my thing. Right. And I think I only played, like, one or two seasons as a kid. Uh, actually, I might have played, like, a few seasons of basketball. That's funny. But I think that my eight-year-old self would be bummed that I don't play basketball <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, I think that is hard. That age is hard. Like, I'm thinking about Sammy. Sammy's eight. And if you asked her, the only two things I've heard her say in the last, like, six months to a year that she wants to be is... Number is one of the times she said she wanted to be a ballet teacher in Paris. She's never taken a ballet class of any kind in but her life. But she's a dancer. Life. She's a dancer. But she, but has, she has not taken any formal education. never taken any classes. So ballet teacher in Paris. Or she had the best of best of best teachers last year. And so the other thing is that she wants to be a teacher. Because she just wants to be exactly like Miss Jester. So... Those are, so, like, I think about that, and I'm like, I just don't know. I don't know what I would have said Do when I was in Sammy's third grade. Do you think Sammy's mid to late 30s self would... Be sad that she's not a teacher? Or oh, a, maybe she will be a teacher. Or a ballet so think about it. Paris. So think about it from, like, a when you started to have ideas, like teenager, maybe early teens. Like, before reality set, kind of sets in, Right. What what do you, what would your... The that only sort of career, the only sort of career path. Oh, so that. Oh, you want to know something funny? I know exactly what I would be sad about. Well, first of all, I'd be super sad I only had three kids, and I'd be super sad that I am not Mormon anymore. That's like the main. <laughs> that is like the main. Like my eight, and my eight-year-old self would have cried about that. My twelve-year-old self, my eighteen-year-old self. Oh, I don't think my twenty-eight-year-old self would I don't have cried think about any that. Any of my like, selves would have. Like, oh, 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 I, I mean, would have wept. Oh, I, I would have wept. I would have been super interested in what happened, but I don't know no. if I would have cried. Oh, I would have already been able to t- tell you what happened because the script's already written for every single right. person always. So I would have been able to tell you what happened don't and I would have been so bummed about it. Um, I think my teenager self, because like I was into punk rock and like anti-establishment, I think it would be super <laughs> bummed that I worked a corporate job. Oh, probably. Um, yeah, I think so. It's funny. I think that would make my yeah the at job. Least that, I think that would make myself cry from that, would, that time period. It would make me sad that I hate being a stay-at-home mom as much as I do. Oh, that would make me sad because it never occurred to me before the age of twenty-three that this wasn't just going to be the greatest thing ever, and it isn't the greatest thing ever. And the fact that I don't get joy and fulfillment out of it would make my past self very sad so there there's that <laughs> yeah eight i think is a little too young for this question yeah but okay. maybe maybe teenager um we'll quickly go just like over the next two and then maybe we'll do it 
part two with the other questions. But number three is what makes you forget to eat and poop? And <laughs> I could not think of anything. Um, I feel like at work sometimes when I'm like doing a specific task, often with spreadsheets or creating something or Excel, building something. Excel was your first mistress. It was. And it wasn't. So I think that I'm. I, so, yes, Excel and building models and pulling that stuff together, creating, is what makes me forget the, to, to eat and eat poop. And poop. Yep. Um, but I don't think it's specifically Excel. I think it's just creating, just creating something stuff. that is what makes me forget. Those are the only example. Like, those are the only things I can really think of that I actually forget. Because those are the only things I do on a regular basis and, like, really get zoned in right. on. I don't do much of anything else where I'm... I mean, maybe when I'm figuring out audio engineering for the podcast. That's true. You do get pretty But it's only because I'm creating something. So I think the... And Mark Manson talks about, in general, like, the answers to the question are not the answer. They're not the thing. Right. Maybe it's some principle behind the thing. So I think creating things... Yeah, like, so he he gives that example of video games. He's like, it isn't the video games. It's not like it's like, oh, I need to be a professional gamer. Like, that's not the point. It's like, what... Yeah, what is it that you're doing that... So, I have a long-standing addiction to Candy Crush, but I don't forget to eat and poop because I'm playing Candy Crush. Yeah, but I guess if you, I had, you run out of lives, I though. was going to say, if I had unlimited <laughs> lives, maybe I would. Right, um, but it's that... See, and that's the thing now, is that everything is geared to cheating our biology and making us forget to eat and poop. Yeah. Because it wants us to continue to be addicted to the thing, so it's hard to tell if those things are actually any sort of passion and what the right. principle is behind it because they're manipulating our humanity in order yeah. for us to do that. But, um, I don't know. So that was, that was a tough one for me. I couldn't really, I couldn't really think of any. I think creating and like being with friends. Like if we're out just like talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I forget about it then. I probably do. I'll have to think about that more. All right, number four, how can you better embarrass yourself? Mine's so easy. Yeah. I just have to put writing out somewhere. So, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it just would be embarrassing. Yeah. And, like, paralyzingly embarrassing to do it. And so I think... You need to... Oh, I can't believe this is the first time this has been brought up on the podcast, but I cannot believe you have not read Brene Brown. You haven't read any of her books. No. I own three of them on the bookshelf in the other room. I cannot believe I have a major read. Why is it? Well, so The Gifts of Imperfection, like, she talks tons about vulnerability and vulnerability hangovers, and, like, that's exactly, like, and you've got to being read just that. okay. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. Anyway, she's fantastic. Brene Brown's great. Yeah. Anyway, this one's easy for me. I would just put something out. Mm. And that would be embarrassing so to be honest and so i need to do that like that if that's the objective then yes doing that more would be uh uh, walking down the the right path for purpose that's the only like that's exactly what it is for me also um i am paralyzed by thinking so you and i have different anxieties but mine is i assume i already know what everyone is thinking about me and so if I allow myself at all to think after I post, and it, I mean, this sounds so, it sounds so silly to me, but if I post 
an Instagram caption that is even the slightest bit, like, mushy, gooey, deep, whatever, like, it is painful to me because I just, if I spend one second thinking that I know what people are going to think about it and I overanalyze, like, what people are going to say, how they're going to comment, how it's going to be perceived. But in that specific instance? Like the Instagram instance? You're right. Yeah, because I don't put, because that that is literally the only place in my life in which I'm putting myself out on any sort of Right, but we're doing this podcast here and neither of us are particularly worried about embarrassing ourselves with this. And I don't know why. I'm not because... Go ahead. I'm not because... I don't know. I just... If you are actually listening to this, the only people that are listening on episode... What are we on? Episode Six. six. And we're probably an hour in at this point. If you're listening to this, it's because you really like me already, I'm assuming. Or at least you really like my husband. And so that gives me like a sense of security, I think. Whereas Instagram, I don't, I'm just not like I have a lot of followers. My, <laughs> my Radiance Retreat friend Emily and I always, always joke with each other about our, I have like 290, she has like 360, but 360 organic followers. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's nobody here. There's nobody seeing this. There's nobody, nobody cares except for people we know. Like we don't have a following at all. And so, so it. Yeah, like, I, it would be easier for me if only strangers were right. seeing that. Because if you don't know someone, you ought, it's not difficult to assume that they're an expert. If you know someone, like, it's, it's actually funny. I, was, I follow a food blogger on Instagram, and she gets tons and tons of questions from people about how to start a blog and what she does and how she does it, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, today she was answering a bunch of questions. And one of the questions that uh, she was asked was in multiple different ways they asked her like how do you handle like bad feedback or whatever and as i'm saying this i have completely lost my train of thought but she oh no lost it well i'll get it back that's okay so for me i am like i don't think i'm good at podcasting so it's not hard for me to come in as a beginner and say i'm just trying to figure this out i'm just learning and so you can say whatever you want. In fact, please say something because I'll take it as constructive criticism. With writing, and not like I think I'm a good writer, but like I put a lot into it. Yes. And it's very intimate and personal. And not that this isn't, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's something different to me. So right. that's a clue that it's something you should that do makes more. Sense. I remember what it was. She, when she first started, the people that... I mean, I'm sure the people that were very, very closest to her, like her immediate family and her husband and stuff, like nobody was giving her shit for it. Nobody was telling her that she wasn't doing a good job. But she did have friends and other people in her life who knew her, who like thought it was silly and sort of like rolled their eyes or like made fun of her and were like, you're taking yourself too seriously, blah, 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 blah. And now she has like 130,000 followers and she says they're constantly complimenting her. Those, those same people that were being shitheads are super nice to her. And... That's how, like, if if you if you don't know me, it's not difficult to assume. It's not difficult to assume that the stranger is the expert. Right. When you know someone, it's very difficult to think that they know anything or that they know any better than you. It's one of the difficulties I think that parents have with children as their children grow up. Is that their children grow up and they're adults and they want to give advice to their older parents, and the parent is like. You don't know I've anything. literally known you since the minute you were born. <laughs> you don't know anything. And it's like, but I, 
But I do. Right, now I'm true. an adult and I have information to give and experience to impart. And so anyway, I on Instagram, like, that's the only place I have that I put anything other than this. And this place feels safe to me because I feel like I know who's listening. And honestly, like, the feedback isn't the same either, right? Like, on Instagram, if you think that I am a self-indulgent narcissist you have the opportunity to be an asshole troll and to tell me that. I guess you could find a way to tell me that my podcast is I mean, self-indulgent and narcissistic, a, but it doesn't, at least it hasn't happened. Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem as easy to get negative feedback. The negative feedback is the fact that the follow, that the listeners drop off. Right. That's the negative feedback. And I don't know who they are, and I'm trying really hard to just so not pay attention to that. it's a little less personal. That. It's less personal. Even though it's very personal. I also... Because, did we even talk last week about Richie coming over and, like, having conversations about... Oh, my about gosh. This was the best. It was the our best. podcast. And so, like, it is very personal. It is. But at the same time, you don't know the names of the people that have listened to the podcast. I guess I don't. Unless they tell you. But I am a podcast aficionado, listen, listening aficionado, right. and I also know that I there are tons, literally tens of podcasts that I have listened to every single episode of for a year or more, and then I've stopped listening to it. Like, things run their course, and not everybody is for, everybody, for everyone all the time, and I know that, but this just does seem... It's way more personal as far as the information that we're giving, but it's less personal as far as the feedback. And so it just is more comfortable to me. And I also feel like because I'm talking, I'm able to give a more comprehensive view of things. Whereas the Instagram caption is like, here's a a dramatic picture of me and my four sentences telling you that I love myself and you should love yourself too. Like I get, I seriously want to throw up just thinking about it. Like... Yeah, but sometimes you need to hear that. Sometimes people need to see that. Specifically, people that know you need to feel your love. That's the other thing, too, right? Is that no one's actually coming to me on Instagram for that. Like, I don't have an online business. I'm not selling, like, a self-help or workout or, like, anything. Like, the people who follow me on Instagram know me personally. Like, they're not necessarily coming to me for that. For what? For anything. That's I don't not know. true. I don't know. Why do any why does any human come to anyone? Uh, for connection. And so if you are connecting to people in any avenue, yeah. like that's what they're there for. And they like presumably they would not follow you if yeah. they were not looking for that connection. So anyway, I don't think we actually answered <laughs> the, the question. But it was How can you better embarrass yourself? And I think the the overarching is just you just have to put yourself out there more. In yes, every, you have to in just every, try. You have to just and try. keep trying and just, I mean, yep. just let it be. Because otherwise, right. if you're not embarrassing yourself, are you trying? Right. At least you're not trying in public, which, I mean, there's something to be said for trying in private. Right. Um, I'm going to read the last three questions and we're only going to answer one of them. Because two of them, I think that we will just do this rambly bit about and it's not worth it. So, um, number five is how are you going to save the world? Which I had, like... Uh, that's one of those things where, like, you have to read the article to, like, get the more comprehensive view on why he asked that question. Um, number six, and this is the question we will ask, but I'm going to read them both first. Number six is, gun to your head, if you had to leave the house all day, every day, where would you go and what would you do? And number seven is, if you knew you were going to die one year from today, what would you do and how would you want to be remembered? 
So the only answer that I have to this last one is that if I knew I were going to die one year from today, I would immediately move into an apartment with a sunrise view and I would watch the sunrise and drink my coffee every single day. Now, what would, how, how would I want to be remembered? I have no idea. As a person it, who has an apartment with a sunrise right. view and drinks like, coffee in the morning It is like day. nothing. But that is, like, that is the one thing that I want in my life before I die for sure. And I know that I will get that. Um, but will I, you get that? What if you die tomorrow? So, sure. If I die tomorrow, that's not going to happen. We need to work quicker than waiting for our kids to leave for that. Oh, we can't. It's oh, a whole other conversation. <laughs> we can't. We can't. Um, and I also completely leave the door open for the fact that that passion that I have for for wanting that in my life, that desire to have that, could also completely change. So I may die. Right, but I may if- die without an, apart- uh, an apartment with a sunrise view to drink my coffee and look at the sunrise every single day. But that... I'm hoping it's because I didn't want it to, like, I moved on to something else. But what if that, ha- what if you did have that tomorrow? What, what do you mean? If you had this apartment with a sunrise view tomorrow. What if, that would be amazing. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, maybe. Right, that does, like, it Maybe lends, we should. It lends nothing to, Maybe we should stop like, waiting. <laughs> it lends nothing to the purpose and passion and thing of my life. Anyway. Gun to your head if you had to leave the house all day, every day. Where would you go and what would you do? You have an answer. I don't. Mine is, again, very easy. But only because I don't know what the shit sandwich tastes tastes like. Yeah. So I would go... This is the question that we now need to ask Mark Manson. Right. We don't actually know... We have an I like we have but a if, thing that we think it would be, but we don't actually know. So how do you figure that out? But I think he's gonna tell you is to do that, yeah. eat that shit sandwich as much as possible, mm-hmm. and see how it tastes. Mm. Mine would be to go to Cervantes, our local coffee shop. Oh and man, write if you're local and you day. don't go there, you're dead to me. Um, or if you're local and you go there and you don't tell us that you went there, you're also dead to me, Mrs. Rogan. <laughs> Um, but you got to have that nitro when you go there. Yep. But I, that's why I'm going to go there and write all day. Ooh. And I, you should do that one day. I'm, why have you not done that? Why, why don't you have your apartment with the sunrise I view? Mean, the two things are not equivalent. They're not equivalent, but they can all happen. Okay. Well, they can't, but that's a different story. Um, I don't know what I would do. It goes back to the shit sandwich. I don't actually know. My thing is that I have no idea. The closest I could come is... It's not true that you have no idea. Okay, so this is what I was going to say. You have some ideas. The closest that I could come to knowing what I would want to do every day. If I had to leave my house, I'd go somewhere and do something every day. What would I do? The closest that I could come is that I really enjoy people. I really enjoy stories. And I really enjoy helping. And not just like in a oh, here, let me help you with that. But, like, I enjoy helping in a real and meaningful way. I have talked a lot about the teenagers that I coach in many different capacities. And when they come to me, when they don't have to, but when they choose to come to me and try to talk through something with me, it makes me feel extremely meaningful. And I think that I'm good at it. Um, So that's, like, as close as I could get. But as far as practically, like I still don't have a grasp on practically what any of this looks like. Side note, there was like a minor incident today with one of the girls on our team. And one of the coaches called me. Called? He called me. A phone call? A voice phone call? He is in his 50s. Okay. (laughs) He called me to see if I had talked to this girl. 
And I don't actually have a relationship, a, a particular, like, one-on-one relationship with this girl, so I had no information for him. But I, I, I made the assumption that he called me because he knows I do have a relationship with a lot of those girls. So it wasn't completely out of the, like, out of the bounds that I would have known something about this girl. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's like as close as I could get to, and, and when three o'clock rolls around and I know that practice is getting ready to start and I can't easily go because JC is going to whine at me about going or whatever the case is, I don't have dinner ready to go. So then I'll push everything out. I get bummed because that's like, it's basically well, the only thing I have to Well, you can solve some of those problems. I, I can, I can. And I, and that, yeah. There's, there's um, other circumstances that prevent me mentally from doing that, but yes, I can do that. What What could you do every day where you would be doing that? I'm not so asking I, you to answer no, the question. I know, I know, and I, but so, I periodically have thought about that. Automatically, I, you I know fear, what I go to. So I fear, the fear that I have with saying this on this podcast is I know that Kelsey's immediately going to text me. And say? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I suspect that she. Would I have automatically an idea. think that you should be working in some sort of social work counseling, right. and I've I've told yeah. you this before. Yeah. So the shit sandwich you would have to eat is school <sighs> at thirty three years old, and so <laughs> something I have sworn up and down. Right, but for you a haven't tasted that in a while. Never do. Um. Anyway, um. That's me projecting shit sandwiches. <laughs> um. If anyone else has any shit sandwiches they would like to project, please let yes. us know. Um, all right. That was the last yeah. question, right? Yeah. Okay. We did not talk about ideas. We didn't have... I didn't have any, so... I had one idea. You want to wrap it up with one idea? Well, and then we need to talk about homework. Okay. My idea, and this is a perpetual idea, this is something that's happened, recurred multiple times is that we have this place. It's called At Vices. Oh, yeah. And there is a gym. Yep. There's a coffee shop. Oh, yeah. A bar. Yes. A tattoo parlor. Do we call it a parlor? Studio? A tattoo place? We know some tattooers. We should ask what they call it. We should. A shop. A shop. tattoo shop. It's just a shop. Um, and and now one. maybe some sort of like creative space of some kind. Um, anyway, this one location, both physical and metaphysical, metaphysical, tangible and intangible is called advices in my brain. Continue. Um, so my idea this week was on those, in in that area, but just a website, advices.com, merging, what did I say? Oh. A messy mix of pleasure and satisfaction. Yeah. Um. And then we just have all of our things on the website. All the many things. Andrew, where are you at? Yeah, we need to create that website. Um, but then we have like a little space for the podcast, a little place for my writings to embarrass myself. EBC, that's Edgel Barbell Club, has a little place. And then, of course, like some sort of beverage place just I mean, to say beverages. Yeah, beverages. It's my favorite thing. Beverages? Yes. They're my favorite thing, too. Um, it's so fun. I get excited to go to bed at night so that I can have coffee in the morning. Yeah. Me, too, except for then I'm... Okay, so homework is... Oh. Homework is going off of coffee. 
for me for, for a you. week. So when are you going to do I that? I don't know. So I'm not committing to finishing it by next week, but I maybe next week I will do it. That's really funny that you, well, I just, I don't want to do it because I don't want to do it, but I don't know that facing a weekend alone with the kids would factor into that decision. It's not like me. I can't handle it, but... I also like to go to sleep so I can drink coffee in the morning. Right. So and having yeah. something, to, something look to look forward to when I'm home alone with my three children for a full weekend so, is coffee yeah. is beneficial. Well, so on that note, I am, my homework is that I have to figure out how to record this podcast with Coralie while I'm in Boston. Yeah. So we will have our first guest hopefully soon. My you wonder- just need to take the whole setup and My do wonderful it. friend, Dr. Coralie Donati. And you can probably, if you just hook this up to the iPhone, you can just record it that way too, and then we can. Cool, cool. Anyway. I can audio engineer it. Yeah. So that that might be that might be happening. She's better than just okay at most things, but she's going to talk to us about it anyway. So yeah, I think that's good. All right. We will link to the article because it's really good. And if anybody actually goes and reads it, then just peruse his other twenty, like his twenty most popular articles. Are they like, all not behind a paywall? All, the top 20 are not. Oh. Um, I almost, and, and I almost I will say, paid the paywall. I I own I own the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I have read it twice. I will read it again. I really think it's really good. It is. It's very good. And, it, and I fully accept that for whatever reason, and I'm grateful for this, that he, he speaks to me. I, I like his writing. I find it enjoyable. And so some people may not, but but I like it a lot. So it's something that I will revisit a lot. All right. All right. Are you satisfied? I'm super satisfied. Okay. Are you? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Thanks for doing it. I told you this was going to be a good one. Talk to you next week. (laughs) Because we won't talk before that. Nope, we won't.